Welcome to Lead for Clarity, where we help you, your team, and your organization get to its next level of leadership. My name is Shondell Sutherland, and I am here with lovely, talented, wonderful Melanie Montgomery. Melanie, we've got quite a show today, don't we? Absolutely. We asked our listeners to share some questions, their struggles, so that we can really help you, everyone out there that's listening to us. And we got some really great questions. So I'm excited to get started answering those. Yeah, we did get some good ones. Everyone, listeners, this is all about you. Like we love talking about what matters most to you because you matter to us. So Melanie, I was hoping that you might recap the question and uh, let's see where we're going to go today. Absolutely. So I got a question from a friend of mine named Raylene. She actually just graduated from Native Action Network's Legacy of Leadership cohort. So Yahoo! Congratulations! Yes. She asked a really great question about communication and conflict in communication. So she's seen that a lot of stress comes from poor conflict management and not being able to have hard conversations in effective and respectful ways. She wanted us to speak a little bit about how to have those open conversations so that we can turn something into a positive experience in the workplace. So good. And we, you know, we do a lot of conflict resolution here at Shondell Group. And and I think uh, it's safe to say that you and I both don't like conflict. (laughs) But uh, I would rather have conflict than have the consequence of not having it. Because things go sideways a lot. And so I try my hardest to convince our clients and their teams, like, this is actually a really great thing. Mm -hmm. You have to have good, healthy conflict if you're going to make any good business decision. This is a really relevant topic, and it's a hard one, and it's got to be talked about. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a great place to start, Shondell, which is how do we start looking at conflict as a positive experiences versus a negative one? So many of my clients struggle with conflict because they don't like it. They're afraid of it. They get nervous, which I can absolutely relate to. I hated conflict at the very beginning, and it took a lot of time and effort to start getting comfortable with it. But I would say push yourself to do it. Push yourself to say what you're thinking, to tell people how you feel, and to address those issues before they become bigger issues. Yeah, and I would say having the conversation the right way, in the right time, with the right mindset, is the best gift you can ever give someone, ever. Mm -hmm. Scott, uh, my husband, he did the porch talk doctor The first one that he did was phenomenal, and I quote him all the time, and he said, when you go to have a conflict, you got to remember three things. The first thing is you got to be kind. There's a difference between being kind and being nice. I think being nice gets in the way of being kind. Because, well, it's not very nice to tell someone that they have, you know, toothpaste on their face, but it is absolutely the most kind, the kindest thing you could ever do, right? And so being kind is the way you talk, your tone of voice, and that you really absolutely come at this in a calm manner. I think the number two thing he says is you got to treat the person as a human and keep the relationship more important than the issue. Then you can go on to the third thing and being very direct. And this is where I falter. Of the three, this is where I trip. I want to like, well, I know you didn't mean to, or you know, and I do a lot of words and, and it's just not effective than just being direct. 
so that the person clearly understands you. Yeah, I love that. Melanie, I bet you've got a lot. What would you add to that? One of the biggest tools that I started using that really helped me was approaching every conflict with generosity, which Mm -hmm. means that when I talk to someone, I'm giving them the most generous interpretation of their words, their actions, and their intentions. So when I approach them, I'm getting rid of any preconceived notions that, you know, you meant to do this or whatever idea comes into my head when I get frustrated at someone for not meeting an expectation, I just let that go. And I approach them expecting that I'm missing something That's That's going to make your behavior make sense. And then I dig into that and I figure out what am I missing? And then I help coach that instead of what didn't meet expectations, giving them the benefit of the doubt in all situations. Yeah, I love that. Part of that is that I see something from my perspective and you see something from your perspective. And we have to share those out loud so that we can get on the same page. And I think that is one of the greatest explanations of having conflict. Mm -hmm. You see it your way and I see it my way and neither of them have the full story. We use that um, over and over in Shondell Group. We call it the story. It's a framework for all the work we do. You can find it on our webpage under our videos. We have a couple of them up there that kind of explain what we're talking about. We say the story. And, you know, once you get this into your organization, you know, we teach this a lot. We can actually say, hey, what's your story about this? I don't necessarily suggest that right off the bat. You got to kind of use other language. Yeah, definitely. We always have to use shared language. Because if I know the language and you don't, it's not going to help if I try to use it. (laughs) It's not going to help a conflict any, that's for sure. Right. Absolutely. Another thing that I found to be really helpful is using some disarming phrases and really understanding what those mean. Raylene talked through a few in her question, which were, is there anything I missed? Or maybe something Mm -hmm. you want to discuss further? Maybe a point of view I'm not considering. When we can start asking questions that really help people to know that we're asking in a genuine, curious way, it can be so helpful. A few that I lean on are, I'm curious to know, like, what happened here or whatever sentence comes after that, or help me understand what you're thinking about. And so we can really start to have those curious conversations versus we feel like we're trying to have hard conflict. Yeah. And, and I think a couple things that I use too, on top of those, I love the, the, the ones that you shared can be like, so what did you just hear me say? Cause I just mm-hmm. want to check in and make sure that what I'm saying is being communicated. I think that's a big one. Also, I will say, here's what I hear you saying, just so that I'm really getting in there and I'm making sure as we go through, I am following because A lot of times I know for me, my brain is moving a thousand miles an hour and I need to stay present and sometimes I miss it. And I think that's another disarming thing I say is I, I am sure. And and, and we call it assuming goodwill. And you've, you've mentioned this before. Um, I want to say, I'm sure that this is not what your intention was. I'll actually say that And, and then do an and not a, but, you know, use the and word. And when you said that, here's how it made me feel. That's just helpful for me because then I'm, I feel like I'm diffusing and saying, I'm assuming that's not what you meant, but please, please, please help me understand. Yeah, I love that. It really helps people understand that you're trying to be open. You're trying to have a conversation versus 
you're frustrated, you're angry, and then they can open up and, and be comfortable talking to you about how they feel and what they think. Yeah, that's so good. One thing that I learned in HR as a young manager was that we have to focus on behavior versus intentions. So often we're focused on what we think that they meant to do or what they thought or what they felt. And we really have to focus on behavior. And that's a hard thing to do because we see attitude and we think, oh, well, you know, Shondell was rude to me. Okay, well, what behavior was that? And how do we get from my interpretation of your action to what you actually did? And then coach that and talk through that. When we're looking at those attitude pieces or our ideas, what we're talking about is the story. We're putting our story onto it. You know, the tools that we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is dialogue and discussion, and we also had a newsletter go out. This is a really good tool to use in conflict management as well, because when we can approach something in that dialogue manner, meaning our intention is to really understand your point of view so that we have that foundation first and then lead into that discussion, we can have those harder conversations. So I definitely suggest going back to that one because that's a really great tool to use in conflict management. Yeah. And shameless plug, Shondell.com to subscribe to that quarterly newsletter because we give all sorts of gems. I think that another thing in the workplace is when roles and responsibilities are not clear. That's where I see a lot of conflict start happening because I think I'm supposed to do this, this, and then you do it. It's endless how many issues happen. So I think when we're resolving conflict, I like people to go back to what are the rules and responsibilities? Like, are those clear? Two, priorities. Are we clear on our priorities or are we frustrated at each other because I think we're supposed to do A and you think we're supposed to do B? Then personality has a lot to do with it. That is why we do the clarity report on anyone and everyone we possibly can, especially in an organization, because I need to know, even as a coach, if you're silent, what does that mean? Are you mad? Are you avoiding this? Or are you just thinking and processing? And, you know, there's a lot of understanding communication styles and really um, doubling down on driving forces or what we call what motivates you. That's where most conflict happens. So if I can understand those two things, I and about two people when I'm going in to do some conflict resolution, it's super helpful because I know how to word things and I already have uh, a full a couple tools that it's going to help me be empathetic. Um, toward their communication style and where they're coming from. Yeah, definitely. You know, going back to that word bias, I'm going to have a bias to listen to people who talk the same as I do. Mm-hmm. And so I need to really understand that the anxiety I already bring to the conflict is going to be uh, double, triple when I'm doing it with a different style. Yeah. And now that gets back into emotional intelligence and really trying to figure out, do I know how you're feeling or that your feelings are changing and really digging into those things? What did that team member feel or how did they feel during that conversation? Maybe we don't know how they feel, but we can kind of get that sense of did something that I say upset them? Did their mood change? Did their nonverbal cues change? Did their voice change? Did they get go from loud to quiet? And really digging into those emotional intelligence skills, a lot of times what would go wrong in conflict for me was that I would say something and it would be perceived in a way that I didn't intend. 
And so now I'm approaching you in what I think is the most positive way I can. And yet here I go offending you Mm. and saying something that hurts your feelings. Now we have this new conflict of I hurt your feelings in addition to the first one. The earlier that I can notice that I did something that wasn't my intention and I can course correct, I can say, oh, that's not what I meant. Let me reword that so that now I nip that in the bud. Yeah, it's so good. We always say that in the moment is the best. And Mm -hmm. even in a team of people, like if you're having a conversation and someone flings something and you're offended by it, it, the best thing is to say, hey, uh, wait a minute, can you say that differently? That's another thing that um, is a trick of mine in the moment. Like, hey, could you say that a little different? Because then people have a moment to think about what they said and fix it. And if not, then having that conflict. Now, if you go home and brew about it again, that is where we put our 24-hour rule as much as possible. Sometimes people don't even realize that they're offended for 24 hours. And some of people like me, we're over it in 24 hours and haven't dealt with it. So I try to adhere to it as much as possible. If you are offended and you can't you know, get over it, you got to talk about it because It destroys trust. Like you were saying, Melanie, if I don't deal with it right away, I start treating the person differently and now I'm part of the problem. There are so many different components of this question to really dig into. I feel like we need a whole podcast on some of these different areas. One other thing that I want to just quickly talk through is understanding the power dynamic of whatever conflict you're about to have. If I'm your supervisor, I have certain power over that conversation. And so you may not feel as comfortable disagreeing with me or telling me how you feel because I'm your supervisor and I'm in, you know, a lot of control in this situation. And so I have to work really hard to get you to feel comfortable so that you know that I actually want to hear your feedback. We have to really look at how does that power dynamic change depending on who we're talking to and not just those formal power dynamics, but also informal ones as well with someone who maybe has a lot of pull within the organization and um, you have to approach them a little bit different or is someone going to approach me differently because I hold a lot of power and really creating open spaces because when we're in leadership roles, people are often afraid to tell us the truth if they think the truth is going to hurt our feelings or upset us. So we want to try to build tools in to say, I want to hear what you think and there aren't going to be any negative consequences for you telling me your honest opinion. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because folks that are in charge don't even think about like, of course, come talk to me. Like, you know, it's just, we, we, we forget that power dynamic when we are on the top. I can't believe it when someone told me I was intimidating one time. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like that was the last thing I would ever characterize myself as. And so that was really insightful. And what you're saying, Melanie, is really that we need to make it safe for people to have those conversations. And I don't always do that. I want to do that better and better in all of my relationships. And so it's always really good thing to hear for me, for sure. If you have essentially like power over this person in terms of you're their supervisor, that conversation is going to look a little bit different than if it's your peer or someone that has power over you, your boss. And so looking at those complexities is important. Yeah, I would much rather have conflict with someone above me or below me than a peer. Isn't that funny? Like I'm way more nervous at a peer level than I am at a manager or someone that works for me. There's just a lot more tools for it. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree. There's no person that should take charge mm-hmm. in that organizational structure. And I've always felt like the leader has a bigger responsibility to adapt to others and really try to figure out how to create that space because of that power dynamic. A lot of times in my career, I had leaders that expected me to adapt to their communication versus the other way around. Mm. But because they had power over me, it was a lot more difficult for me to adapt and feel comfortable. I think just being really cognizant of I'm a leader of this team And I really need to make that extra effort to make them to feel comfortable to really meet them where they are versus Mm -hmm. feeling like it should be 50-50, like in some relationships. That's a really good point. I love it. It's really great. I think as we teach and we grow, we all need to grow in these areas. I know I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm growing all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think another thing um, about conflict that I think is really, really key is making sure that you kind of go back after, because if people have had time to think through it, just say, hey, just, I, you know, I really appreciated that conversation. I feel like we really did a great job communicating. Is there anything left um, that we should be thinking through, but because I just really felt great about it. Like sometimes just giving that extra space is a good idea when we're kind of one-on-one and we might be dealing with someone that processes not in the moment, but a little bit later. Is there anything else that we need to answer for Raylene? We just gave a rapid fire answer to that. (laughs) We gave so many different tips and components. If there is a need to go in deeper, let us know. If there's a specific one of these that we can talk through more, uh, we'd be happy to. But that definitely covered a lot of space, a lot of different things to start considering as you're having positive communication. I totally agree. I'm just super excited for people to take their communication to the next level. And part of that is knowing how to have good conflict so that you can have better relationships. And we know that resolving conflict always leads to more trust and more intimacy in relationships, which is the key. So as we land this plane, what I hear us saying, Melanie, is that uh, we gave you a bunch of our tricks and tips and skills. And if you want us to go into depth of it anymore, we would love it because we love talking about this. And the reason is, is because we believe that conflict makes better relationships. And we're all about taking those relationships to the next level. So um, anything else for you, Melanie? I'm just excited for this podcast, all these tips and tricks for how to address conflict. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there. There's so many opportunities. So let us know if there's anything you want us to go more in depth or want more resources on because we love to dig deeper into the ones that you really feel are going to help you grow. Mm, so good. And they can submit those questions either on our Facebook page or at shondellgroup.com. We have a form you can just fill out. We make it super easy for you because it's all about you listeners. We just enjoy answering these questions. So again, you can find us at shondellgroup.com. We would love it if you would leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. You can catch us on YouTube and we just look forward to hearing from all of you. Have a great day and be the best you can be today. Bye-bye.